Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. overcome by famine. There is a famine in the land of Israel. So a family, uh, this family's made up of a husband and a wife. The wife's name is Naomi, which means, uh, which means pleasant. That's what her name means, pleasant. It's a good name for a mom, right? Pleasant. That's what her name means. And their two sons, they decide that if they stay there in Israel, they are going to starve to death. So they pack up everything they own and they move to a foreign country where there's food because they're hungry, right? So that's the backdrop of the story. Here's the problem though. When they arrive in this new land, the husband, the dad, dies. It's a tragic moment. Tragedy is overtaking them. They're they're overcome with emotion and and sorrow and they're heartbroken. And then not too long after that, the, uh, the two sons, they... They decide that they're marrying age and they get hitched. That's a West Oklahoma term for married. They get hitched. They tie the knot to two ladies that live, are there from the foreign country. The only problem is, is after they'd been married for 10 years, the two sons die. This is a unbelievable story. They, they, the two sons die and once again the mom and the two daughter-in-laws are filled with sorrow and there's tragedy and there's painful moments. So Naomi decides that the best course of action is, uh, because she suffered through all this, is to pack up and move home. And so she begins to talk to her daughter-in-laws and she tries to convince them to stay there in their land rather than going with her. One of the daughter-in-laws agrees and she goes back to her parents' home, but the the daughter-in-law that we're familiar with by the name of Ruth looks at Naomi and says, I'm going with you. And they travel back to the land of Israel. Naomi tells Ruth, she said, there's only one problem with this is I'm so old now that I don't have any more sons for you to marry. So this probably means that you're going to be single the rest of your life. And not only that, uh, I don't have any financial resources to make this a stable stable, uh, environment for you. We're going to suffer. But Ruth goes anyway. Let me me break this down. This is the the real story. You, You have a family that encounters famine. They're struck with financial disaster. They make a major move to a foreign land. They conduct a funeral. They mourn the loss of a father. They have two weddings. There's disaster and two more funerals. The family falls apart. There's another major move. And then there's financial ruin. What a story. How bad did it really get? Well, listen to Naomi's own words. This is what Naomi says about her real story. See if you hear maybe you in the way that she responds to this real story. When she's encountered and endured all this, this is what she says in Ruth chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Naomi speaking, she says, they've arrived home and and the people come out and she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. In another version it says this, The strong one ruined me. Uh, 
the, the story of Naomi's life features all the most stressful things in life that you can ever experience. They tell us that, what, that, that there's several major stressful moments in life. One of them is a major move. One of them is a funeral. One of them is a, is a marriage. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. Uh, one of them is financial struggles. This woman faces all of that. And we, we know, we're familiar with her story. Even if you've never read it, you're familiar with it because many of you are familiar with it because you've experienced it. In fact, when I read to you what Naomi says about her own story, the fact that she feels like she's going through these emotional moments where she feels like God has been against her and God has made her bitter and God took her out full and now brought her back empty and God has ruined her. The truth is is that some of you this morning feel just like that. When you're real about your story, you've come to the conclusion in emotional moments that maybe God has ruined you. Has ruined you. So Naomi shows us in this this painful encounter and moments through her life, these things that she's enduring, enduring, she teaches us some lessons that we need to learn today. One of the things that she teaches us is that, uh, and this is going to sound like a broken record because I don't even know how many times I've talked to you all about this, but we still do it anyway, so I'm going to bring it back up until we get it right. Naomi shows us that in the most painful moments of our life, we tend to sever relationships that we need. We, we tend to push people away. She, she tries to convince her daughter-in-laws to stay behind. One of them stays. So when Ruth steps up and says, I'm going with you. I'm with you always. I'm loyal to you. Naomi, in her own pain, tries to sever that relationship and tries to convince her again, go back to your own people. You don't need to be with me. And what this account teaches us is this, is that you cannot face your real story alone. She thinks she can. She tries to be all by herself. But what takes place, and and I'm going to share it with you, is is that you cannot face your real story alone. What? 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 Why is it that some of us continue, even? I don't know what it is about our pain. I don't know what it is about our tragedy. I don't know what it is about our circumstances. But we tend to make matters worse by cutting everybody off. What I want to say to you this morning is that uh, while we keep sending people away and avoiding people, we, we fail to realize that they are there to help our real story become a healthy story. If you missed everything else I said this morning, you've got to catch that. We try to push people away that God has sent to us that will help us turn our real story into a healthy story. That's why they're there. And yet we continue to try. The very one who could give you the gift of hope, we chase them off, it seems like. Um, So now when we do that, now we're not only aching, we're alone. Now we're not only injured, we're isolated. So, so Ruth stays with Naomi and they travel back to Israel. And here's the key that we miss. We miss the fact that, uh, I'll let you go read it for yourself. It's, a, it's several chapters long. You can read the encounter. But what takes place is when they arrive home, Ruth ends up in Naomi's in-law's field. His name is Boaz. And over the course of the next few weeks, Naomi helps Ruth learn how to harvest from his field but also how to harvest his heart. 
right? And, and so, finally, this is the end of the story. Boaz marries Ruth. Stay with me now. Okay, you got the, you got the characters. There's Naomi, who's bitter, who's broken, who tries to get her daughter-in-law, Ruth, to stay with her people. But instead, Ruth refuses to allow Naomi to deal with her story alone. So she comes home with Naomi, and she ends up in uh, Naomi's uh, in-law's field. The guy's name is Boaz. Boaz marries Ruth, and together Boaz and Ruth have a baby, and his name is Obed. You go, well, big deal. It's a massive deal. Because Obed is the father of Jesse. You go, well, big deal. Jesse is the father of David. See, y'all just looking at me like I'm crazy. If there's no David, if there's no King David, then there is no King Jesus. Because Jesus comes down through the line of Obed and Jesse and David, and he's of the genealogy of that, that family line. And so, so that is the power of that. So here's the problem. If you desire to be alone, that is the enemy's attempt to cause you to forfeit your destiny. Because you want to be alone. Your desire to be alone, when you dismiss folks, you are dismissing destiny. Some of you have experienced so much hurt and so much pain that you try to chase everybody off and you try to hide. And when you are hiding and you refuse to allow people to get into your story, your real story becomes a painful story and it becomes a tragic story. But there's no healthy part of your story. The fact that, that, that Ruth decided, I will not leave you, I will stay with you, you can't go through your story by yourself, then all of a sudden there's health that is produced because she refuses to allow Naomi to do her story alone. See, some of you, you're experiencing a famine that would not be fatal except for the fact that you're all by yourself. Some of you are dealing with brokenness that would not break you, but it's breaking you because you're all by yourself. Some of you are battling depression, not because of what you're going through, but because of the fact that you've isolated yourself to the degree that now depression sets in and you can't fight this, this battle all by yourself. You cannot and you should not face your real story alone. Listen, I just want to tell you this morning, your, your real story will not turn out right if you're all by yourself. Because you were never intended to do your story by yourself. Who have you cut off? Who have you dismissed? Who have you let go that was supposed to turn your story into a healthy story? but we want to do it by ourselves. The second thing that this story tells us is this, is that you are not just handling your story. How you handle your story will determine the outcome of someone else's story. This is an incredible story because even though Naomi was hurt and she was in so much pain that she changes her name to Mara, I'm bitter, somehow she has the insight necessary that she decides that she's going to help Ruth's story turn out better than hers. Even though she's in pain, even though she's, she's overcome with, with d distress and, and, and sorrow and God has ruined me, somehow in all that, she turns and she literally scripts Ruth's life so that Ruth's life will turn out better 
than hers. I wonder how many of us are so torn up and so consumed by our own pain and so consumed by our our own struggles and so consumed by our own nightmares that we allow other people to go through the painful moments and we don't step in when God has assigned us to step in to turn their story to good. Okay. See, Naomi wasn't sure that she would ever experience any change, but she refused to allow her pain to transfer to Ruth. If I stopped and asked you this this morning, if I asked this question, how many of you can say your life didn't turn out exactly like you wanted it to? I'm not asking you to raise hands. Some of you gone through some stuff you didn't sign up for. Some of you feel like you got dealt a bad hand. Some of you, some of you just think that God's been against you from day one. Uh, you've encountered these heartbreaking experiences that cause you to check out and to quit. But, but we, we can take Naomi's lead. And even though she was bitter, she refused to allow that bitterness that she was experiencing to become transferred to her daughter-in-law. She made up her mind that she wanted Ruth's life to turn out better than her life. And even though she was in pain, she steps in and she helps. See, here's what we need to understand this morning is that the pain of your story doesn't have to become the pain of your children's story. You need to understand that the pain of your divorce does not have to be something that you transfer into the the relationships of your children's future. We need to understand that the, the brokenness financially that we've encountered doesn't have to be the map by which we allow those around us to walk through as well. We can step in and say, hey, I made some bad decisions. Let me tell you about my real story. I did some things I shouldn't have done. I made some choices I should make. If you listen to me, I can help script for you and steer you a different way so that you won't have to encounter what I encountered, our real story. How we handle our real story helps others handle their story. You're never just dealing with your story. You're dealing with the stories around you. You don't have to allow your brokenness to saddle somebody else with brokenness. This whole thing teaches us this, is that our story reaches, but our our story also teaches. That's what our story does. Go back and read the story, and it's easy to come to this conclusion. You can, by by this story, we learn that you can help others know how to not only handle adversity, but our story can teach them how to handle opportunity as well. Because if you go back and read, what you discover is that if it hadn't been for Naomi, Ruth would have probably never met Boaz. And not only would she not have met Boaz, she wouldn't have known how to interact with Boaz. Okay, okay so, so here, can I say it again? If there's no Boaz and there's no Ruth, and they don't meet one another, there's no David. Are y'all with me? This is, a, this is an incredible encounter. And, and, and Ruth just thinks she's there to get some, some wheat because they're starving to death. And Naomi helps script her life and shows her she's not only teaching, she's not only, her story's not only reaching Ruth, it is teaching Ruth. She's teaching her how to handle not only the brokenness, but how to also handle the opportunity. Let me, let me show you what she teaches her. Here were her instructions. Glean in his field only. Naomi was smart. 
when, when, when Ruth walks into that field and begins to pick up some wheat and some, some of the harvest, the, har- the, the, the hired hands, Boaz sees her and asks the hired hands who she is, and they tell him, and so he begins to tell them to leave a little more. So Naomi was born in the morning, but not that morning. She was like, okay, if he's leaving extra in the field for you, you stay in his field until he runs you off. What's she doing? She's scripting how to handle an opportunity. Then she, when the, the end of the harvest season comes, Boaz is going to throw a harvest party. And so Naomi steps up and says this to Ruth, go clean up. Go, go take a bath. Put on your nicest clothes. And, and, and you know she's, she's working it right here because then she says, and put on some perfume. Take the curlers out of your hair. Do your makeup. Get your nails did. And go on down there. And then when you get there, when you see the opportunity and Boaz is about to go to sleep, go lay down at his feet. And sleep the night at his feet. Indicating that she's available for marriage. That she's unattached. What is literally happening is that Naomi is scripting for Ruth. So, so what, what it teaches us is this, is that how you handle your, handle your story will teach people to become either bitter or better. She's literally teaching her how to handle opportunity. See, how we handle our, our pain can teach the people coming after us, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that, that we either are trying to perpetuate our pain or we're teaching them how to turn their pain into opportunity. Our story teaches. So here's my question. If somebody does you wrong, will you, the way you handle your story teach the people that you're in relationship with to be hurt too? Or how to allow what takes place to shape them so that when their opportunity comes, they won't miss it. Okay, so let me, let me say this. What I'm saying to you out of all this is this. We need to find people who have real stories. And we need to attach ourselves to them. If, if your story is this, I don't know how to handle money then you need to find somebody that has a real story on how to handle money and attach yourself to them. They will teach you not only what not to do, they will teach you what to do. You say, well, I struggle in relationships. Then you need to find somebody that has a real story that has gone through some tough times in relationships but come out on the, on the, the right side of it and go attach yourself to them and say, teach me how to do this. It, ne- it blows my mind that young couples seem to attach themselves to people that don't know how to do relationships. And they take all their advice from people that have never had one successful relationship all, of all their little lives. And then they wonder why we're struggling too. It's quiet up in here on Mother's Day. Because I don't know if y'all figured this out. Moms, and not just moms, ladies know how to script for us. We need people in our lives. Who do you have in your life that's helping you position yourself for opportunity? There's a a historical story that I think is powerful. It's about Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, uh, as a young boy, uh, came home one day from school and he had a note from his teacher that he did not read. In fact, his teachers instructed him, don't you read this on your way home. 
this story, this, this note is only for your mom to read. Don't, you don't read it. It's not for you. It's addressed to your mom. He comes home. He hands the, the piece of paper to his mother. His mother begins to cry as she reads it. She reads it out loud to Thomas Edison. And this is what she read. She said, this is what this note says, baby. It says this. Your son is a genius. This school is too small for him. We don't have enough good teachers to train him. Please teach him yourself. Years and years later, after Thomas Edison has already gone on to be that generation's most noted inventor, his mother passes away. And he's broken hearted and he's sorrowful and over the course of the days after her funeral, he begins to dig through family stuff. You know how we do? We go through family stuff. He's going through family stuff, and he opens one of the desks in, I guess, his mother's house, and in the back corner of the desk, there's a little piece of paper that's folded up, and he recognizes it as the note that he brought home from his teachers that day. He opens the note up, and he begins to just bawl. For the, 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 the historical description is that he wept for hours. Because this is what he read. Your son is unable to think clearly. He is confused. So we won't let him come to school anymore. That was what the note said. Edison wept for hours and then he finally writes in his own diary about what he's just encountered in that note. And he writes this. He said, Thomas Edison was a... Was a Uh, an adult child, listen, that by a hero mother became the genius of his century. She scripted a different outcome for her son because she recognized I can either perpetuate my pain to him and I can transfer my pain to him or I can position him for opportunity and advancement. And my question is simply this for you this morning. Who are you attached to that's helping you learn how to walk through life and handle adversity and handle tragedy and handle pain so that it doesn't become the thing that sticks you and causes you to to become bitter and angry and upset and live your life thinking, and everybody else is against me. Naomi said, I have been done wrong by God. I am ruined by God. God has done me wrong. He's emptied me out. But I see Ruth, and Ruth has a chance. So what I'll say to Ruth is, I will make sure that your life is better than my life. And she scripts for her a different outcome. Who's scripting for you? Who's speaking into your life? Some of you have some folks speaking into your life and all they can speak is death and tragedy and hurt and pain and they are literally shaping your future by their words. And what I am saying to you is some of you need to find some other voices in your life. Somebody that will look at you and say, yes, it's not going like you thought it was going to go. But listen, God's still got a plan and God's still on the throne and God can still turn it around and He can make it better for you. And I believe in you and I, I, I think there are better days for you. And then my second question is who are you scripting for what are you saying to your kids you're a nobody you're nothing you'll never amount to anything you're dumb what are you saying to your spouse because listen wife you wife you can you can script for your husband he will live up or down to your words you're a bum you're lazy 
you never follow through. And then we get into counseling situations and the wife looks at me and Julie and goes, he won't ever follow through. Duh, you told him he wouldn't. It is quiet up in here. Husbands, you script for your wife. By assuring her of your love, you're scripting for her that she doesn't have to worry, that there's stability. By, by scripting for her security, you, you make it possible for her to trust and give you her whole heart and to, to depend on the, on, and trust on the fact that you're always going to be there and that you have her best interest at heart. You have the ability to script for her. Bosses, you have the ability to script for your employees. Who are you scripting for? You say, well, there's no biblical tr- proof for that. Yes, there is, and I'm done. The power of life and death is in our tongue. Naomi scripted for Ruth, and Ruth's life became healthy. We all have real stories. The difference between whether they become healthy stories is who we allow to speak into our story. And the difference in somebody else's story becoming healthy is determined strictly by whether you're willing to step up and help them navigate the moments. Father, this morning, we recognize that our real story can become a healthy story. But in very large part, it is determined by who we allow to stay connected to us. And I sensed very strongly all week, Father, this is what I felt like you said, was that there are way too many of us separating ourselves from people that will determine whether our story ends right. I'm going to say that again. I feel like you told me that there are quite a few of us in this room this, this morning that are separating ourselves from people and for our good. And if that means letting our guard down, and walking back through the painful moments of our life and sharing them in a very real and honest way, then Father, I pray that you'd help us to do that. Because I want our stories to turn out healthy so that we have the opportunity to transfer health instead of hurt to those coming after us. Father, I pray that you would do this in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me really? very quickly this morning. We're not going to linger here long, but I have sensed this all week long that the Lord wants to do some healing this morning. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Steve, I have a painful story. I feel like God has done me wrong. He's emptied me out. The tragedy that I've endured, nobody ought to have to endure that. And and I feel like God did that to me. If He didn't do it, He at least allowed it. And I'm in pain. But here's the, here's the kicker. I'm in so much pain 
that I've been trying to do this all by myself. I, I have pushed people away that were probably assigned to me to bring help, but I just keep pushing them away, pushing them away, pushing them away, pushing them away. And I need God to break in and give me the strength to be real. Because I don't want to miss my destiny and I don't want to transfer my pain. If that's you, very quickly, would you step out and come and stand? I've been trying to do this all by myself. All by myself. I know it takes guts to step out in front of people, but I've been trying to do this all by myself. I wouldn't let anybody know my story. I wouldn't let anybody know my pain. I've just been faking it until I make it. I'm just smiling, saying I'm blessed. But the truth is I'm in a lot of pain. A lot of pain. And I'm tired of doing this all by myself. Why is it always the ladies, the honest ones? Because we got to be tough. The truth is this. We're not alone. Okay, it's more than a song. We're not alone. We're not alone because God is with us through it all. But here's another reason we're never alone. God sends us people. In fact, He's positioned you in a family called Passion for these types of moments. So this is what I want you to do. I, I know we got ladies praying, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to release more than that. If you feel led to come and pray for one of these individuals, would you just come and join us as just a, a show of strength that you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Come on, then we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're not in this fight by ourselves. Now, this is what I need you to do. April's going to sing softly, but while she does that, I want the rest of you to pray. I want you to pray for these that were bold enough to come up and say, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Would you do that with me this morning? Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. to
Father, we come against every voice that would speak death and destruction and hopelessness and brokenness and ruin. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We ask that you silence those voices that rise up and against, against us in accusation, that you would silence them once and for all. But we don't want to live in a vacuum or a void, so I pray that in their place you would raise up voices of hope and raise up voices of destiny and raise up voices of triumph and raise up voices of purpose and people would surround us and begin to speak life into our situations life into our situations and our story our real story would also become and be transformed into a healthy story and Father I pray for those of us that have experienced brokenness and heartache and hurt I pray for those that have been done wrong I pray for those that have been through emotional heartache I pray for those that have gone through financial strain I pray for those that have gone through uh, relational breakups I pray for those that have gone through sickness I pray for those that have gone through uh, moments of death and uh, moments of tragedy God I, I speak over all of those that have experienced those kind of things and I ask you this morning to help us to push past our pain and help us instead to reach out to those that are around us and position them not only to deal with tragedy but I pray that we would learn how to position those around us for opportunity God if we've been transferring pain transferring heartache to our kids to our spouse, to 
to those that work around us and it seems like we're constantly speaking death even if we're bitter I pray that this morning you would do a change in us and every time we begin to open up our mouth and to allow death to come out of our our lips I pray that instead you would arrest that moment and instead we would begin to speak life so that those around us their life will turn out better than ours help us to carefully deal with those stories around us that we are called to shape may we be like the hero mom who scripted Edison's life and may we begin to speak a future and a plan and a hope into those that are dealing with tough things and I pray you would connect us connect us this morning I pray because we are not supposed to do our story alone life together is better and I pray for those that have isolated themselves I pray they would be surrounded may we run to each other's rescue may we rally to each other's pain to produce health I ask you to accomplish this in the mighty and powerful and the wonderful life-giving name of Jesus and everybody said amen you can be seated for just a moment but before you do would you please look at your neighbor and say I can handle your real story been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.